confidence I fly to you today I'm sinful, weak and sorrowful But strong enough to A very good morning to you, to all of you watching us now, and also a blessed solemnity of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. First of all, a big thanks to Nicole from uh, Jamming for Jesus and also uh, Father Patrick Masang for our opening hymn. That's right. Uh, Father Patrick, one of the many priests that we have with a talented uh, golden voice, as we say, uh, who can really sing and gives a beautiful uh, song there. And him there for us. So once again, welcome to the show. This is our Saturday live show every week on Catholics at Home. And of course, today we have a very special guest, and I'm sure you know who it is. We've been promoting the show all week long. It is, of course, a cardinal from India. So if you would like to, like your friends and family to also watch this program, do share out this link. If you're watching this on Facebook, then uh, why don't you do a watch party? Yeah, just click the button, watch party, start a watch party. And also, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can share out the link to your family and friends. All right, so it's going to be a very interesting show. Uh, just to give you a, a, a sneak preview, um, the Cardinal is a very close advisor of Pope Francis. So we'll be getting to know more about the Holy Father as well. So it's going to be a very interesting show. All right, so start sharing out this podcast, this link. In the meantime, I'm also going to just go through to our, say hello to our early viewers. Uh, Aaron, good morning, Aaron, Ellen, uh, August, Jacinta, Philomena. Thank you for joining us uh, as early as possible. And also for those coming in, if you'd like to say hello, do click. Uh, just tell us in the chat box or comment box uh, where you're watching this from. You know, we're also expecting a lot of our viewers from India. So if you're from India, then uh, just let us know. Uh, everyone, just let us know where you're watching this from. We'd like to welcome you on this show that we have every Saturday. All right. 
Okay, so before I bring on our very special guest, let me bring on uh, my co-host, Father Clarence Devadas. Good morning, Father. Hi, Kevin. Good morning. Good morning to you. All right. So we have a very special show today. That's right. Uh, so we have a, a cardinal. I think it's the first time we're having a cardinal in our show. Uh, mm-hmm. And we, we are honored to have his presence. Uh, very uh, honored. Somebody... Somebody who I, whom I've been working with uh, at the FABC level also, uh, currently wow. also, and, and he's a close collaborator with Pope Francis. I'm sure people are excited. People are, yeah. are already coming in, uh, as you just mentioned, some names already being mentioned. Uh, so we want to welcome everyone to, to our show this morning, wherever you are logging in from. Let us know where, you, where you're coming from. As Kevin said, we'd like to know how far our reach is, as we are slowly beginning to spread our wings also, Kevin. Um, yeah. You know, we have, we're kind of like gotten other languages. Uh, we're getting other people involved. Uh, hopefully, what started more than a year ago, uh, we could con- we can continue to to reach out to as many people as possible. Yes, yes, certainly. And all this, of course, through the grace of God to uh, give us this platform. And of course, all the resources. You know, we started, as we mentioned a lot of times, just three of us. But then the, the team has grown. And also we have uh, people to do the show in other languages. So really, uh, all praise to and glory to, to God, of course. Okay, Father Clarence, uh, you know, since we have a limited time with uh, Cardinal, so we want to make the most of it. So before yes. I bring him on, let me just give him a proper introduction. All right. Cardinal Oswald Gracious, Archbishop of Bombay, India, was born on 24th December 1944 in Mahim, Mumbai, in the Archdiocese of Bombay, India. He was ordained a priest on 20th December 1970 and holds a doctorate in canon law from the Pontifical Urbaniana University and a diploma in jurisprudence from the Pontifical Gregorian University. Uh, on 20th of June 1997, he was appointed titular bishop of Bledia and Auxiliary of Bombay. He was ordained a bishop on 16 September 1997. On 7 September year 2000, he was appointed Archbishop of Agra, and on 14 October 2006, Archbishop of Bombay. He participated in the Conclave of March 2013, which elected Pope Francis. On 13 April 2013, he was made a member of the Council of Cardinals, established to advise Pope Francis in the government of the Universal Church and to study a plan for revising the Apostolic Constitution of the Roman Curia, Pastor Bonus. On February 15, 2017, Pope Francis granted Cardinal Gracius the title of Lawyer of the Roman Rota. So with that, please give a warm welcome to our special guest today. He is His Eminence, Oswald Cardinal Gracius. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Good morning. Thank you, you, Father Clarence. Thank you, Father Kevin. Thank you. It's been a joy and a privilege to come over here. I'm honored to be here with you. Yeah, and and, uh, Father Clarence, uh, let me just warn you, I know both of you know Italian very well, so uh, don't don't halfway leave me out and start speaking Italian, okay? (laughs) We won't, we won't, Kevin. Uh, thank you very much, uh, uh, Eminence, for, for giving us this, oppor- this opportunity to have this conversation. Uh, we, we are well aware that you know uh, you have these uh, conversations in your in your archdiocese uh, every week uh, with uh, with the, the lay faithful, uh, a kind of a question and answer, and very engaging. Uh, you also lead them in prayer, and and we are truly grateful for this opportunity to to have this conversation with you here this morning. I know it's very early in the morning for you now in, in India. Oh, it's, it's eight o'clock. It's, it's an hour and a half before you. Ah, yeah. Are you generally an early riser, Your Eminence? Uh, not so really. I begin around nine thirty or so in the morning, and and carry on right till late. I'm I'm a late bird. I work late in, in the evening. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, Your Eminence, uh, we'd like to get up close and personal with you this morning. And uh, maybe we can start by taking you back uh, to some memories of your childhood. Would you like to uh, tell us what was your childhood like? Oh, I, uh, a happy childhood, I would say. Uh, we were a uh, family. I've got two, uh, a brother, two siblings, a brother and a sister. And uh, it was a very Catholic family. The atmosphere was very Catholic, and uh, went to a Catholic school, parish school. Uh, at that time, um, everything centered around the parish church. So, um, 
the school was there the the in the compound and then the but we had but friends it was a catholic atmosphere but i must say that i had lots of friends who were non catholics uh, i live in the city i was born up in the, and uh, neighbors were muslims and hindus and uh, parsis and so really and we got on very very well there was absolutely very good harmony uh, so it was uh, religious atmosphere was religious but uh, happy and uh, so sort of uh, really lots of friends and i i like to uh, meet friends and so it, it was good it was good thank you thank you so much that, that was memories of the past what uh, what sorry what what sparked your vocation to the priesthood your eminence uh, i i don't know really can't say sort of uh, it uh, i had to take a decision once i really never thought of becoming a priest in the very beginning my interest was uh science mathematics uh, and then uh, that time everybody became a doctor but i was not too keen on becoming a doctor uh, but uh, i was interested and in, i was very good in, i thought i was very good in physics and uh, so uh, i thought maybe perhaps i was thinking of research and getting into uh, sort of, i don't know space was like, when i was a kid uh, we had sputnik we had uh, all those voyages apollo and that that was like so that was excited as and so all of us wanted to get into so I, i really was thought i would get into something of that sort space travel and science etc and then rocket engineering but then suddenly uh, thought of the priesthood because the priesthood was there in the back of the mind and lots of priests in the family also i mean since and my uncles were priests uh, my mother father side mother side and they would be in and out of the house they were not in bombay out of bombay and the, because of that uh, the parish fathers would often come to my house so they were like we were i was close to the church in that sense did your family or your parents uh, have any expectations for you to become a priest yes yeah, no i don't think they did as a matter i i have a feeling that they were a bit surprised and uh, i was i think i was a little the most mischievous of the three of us and they never they never, they never expected that i would uh, join and so and uh, I, I think my father thought that I would get into become a doctor or some such thing, but I wasn't interested. And uh, so they were very surprised. But I would say they they didn't push me, didn't uh, like uh, weren't over enthusiastic, but they didn't block at all. But once I said I think I'm joining the seminary, uh, that that was it. Like they respected it completely. So, so they so they had a role, uh, supportive role from behind, and afterwards, of course, uh, they were supportive right through because. happy and encouraging moral support right through so it was a yes religion was important in their lives and our lives right? so that 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 made a big difference oh. and and where did you go to seminary your eminence in india or uh, i i went to in mumbai itself we have a diocesan seminary and uh, so i joined that seminary it was big at the time we had 200 candidates today they've got about mumbai has got about 50 we had 200 But the seminary itself has got about seventy-five or other dioceses also. But that time we were all from Mumbai, and we all—I uh, remember that when I joined the seminary, uh, we were about I mean, five from my class joined the seminary with me. We, I think we all thought, let's all go to the seminary, see what the seminary is like. Uh, three of them left after after a year; the two of us stayed on. Uh, but so it was going uh, up Bombay, going up Saint Pius the Tenth College, uh, good seminary, and I. my i was there for that time 10 years at a stretch latin philosophy theology there was no regency nothing at a stretch i had 10 years but very 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 happy years you know your eminence you mentioned that uh, you have uh, you're very fond of uh, subjects in science and you know possibly you wanted to be a scientist but you know it's some people view that science and religion are, are two opposites um in in the seminary did you find did you find that uh that there was not true i mean uh, how did you uh, merge yes, this yes yes uh, kevin here yeah, that's a very interesting question given here yeah. uh, it's uh, it uh, especially in philosophy and then uh, theology the sort of it did strike me uh, the this question of the not not conflict let's say the trying to put faith and reason together science and theology together and uh, no at the beginning maybe there was a little doubt etc but things fell in place i mean i sort of i, I mean I, i i felt 
uh, faith was strengthened, uh, devotion was strengthened, vocation was strengthened. I, I could see a reason for everything. No, I, I, I found uh, complete harmony, Kevin. Thank you. But really, that's an interesting question. The complete harmony between reason, the Bible, scripture, tradition, really. It was so clear to me uh, that, that that was the, Jesus is God. Jesus uh, sort of there was uh, it fell in place before it was uh, before we, we only took it because people said it. But uh, and, yeah, that's that's true. So immediately after your ordination, uh, your eminence, uh, you had gone to Rome, I believe, uh, to further your studies. How was it like? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, actually, uh, Clarence, Father Clarence, uh, I wanted to become a missionary. So I wrote to the Archbishop, was a Cardinal, Cardinal Gracious, with the same name, uh, and I wrote to him, say, I want to work in the missions. And uh, so he sent me to another diocese where my rector became a bishop in Jamshed, another diocese. And it was, it's a tribal diocese, right, not in the north, close to Calcutta. And uh, so I went over there, but uh, so I thought I would work with the people, people. But the, the, the bishop appointed me as his own secretary and chancellor. So I was in the courier right through, but you know, I got exposure to the missions also. So I was there. I came back, I, I went there for three years. Then I said, I'm, I'm, I went for a year. Then I, then I said, I'm happy here. So I said, three years. And I said, I'm happy here another two years. And then I said, I'm happy. I'll stay here permanently with Carlos. And no, I want you back. And then I came back and I went to Rome. Yes, then I went to Rome and uh, for studies. And then that was, uh, Rome was good. I said, I did canon law. And I remember that uh, I wasn't interested in canon law. I was interested in theology. And uh, the Cardinal told me uh, that I wanted to go to Rome. I wanted to study theology. Now, in those days, you didn't argue. We were told that. He was a very eminent person and so senior that I, I didn't even, I think it was a, a five-minute interview or some such thing. He said, okay, I will just get your passport ready, so-and-so, you're going and so on. There was no discussion. But uh, I want to say that, okay, after studying canon law, I mean, I, I wouldn't exchange it for anything. Because it been able to help so many people in the pastoral field, in administration and uh, tribunal. So it's, it's been uh, helping priests. It's a very, very, very pastoral subject, and and then I, then I, I mean, then I just went on further reading up, reading up. Even till now, uh, I keep on my study of canon law so to update myself. No, it's interesting that you 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 say that you know canon law is a study to help you has helped you pastorally. You know, a lot of people think that you know canon law is about applying the laws of the church. You know, and and sometimes it's it's thought of as as a kind of a, a, a punitive remedy to to situations. Uh, how do you see eminence uh, in, in the study of canon law as like an assisting a, a, a parish pastor in the sense? Uh, how how does it help him uh, to be able to minister to people? Uh, in marriage, the most common thing is marriages. Uh, when there are mixed marriages, what to do? What are the conditions? What are, then uh, when a marriage breaks up. What do you do? What are the possibilities? And uh, the parish priests are faced with an endless questions and uh, uh, sort of the whole idea is how to help them to find a solution. Uh, so, so you know the law without breaking the law, how to be pastoral, uh, because uh, knowing canon law, Father Clarence, sort of I know the mind of the lawgiver and the background for every law. So maybe you're able to uh, able to interpret the law in a way that is helpful uh, for the people, help for their good. Also, they help the parish priests to help them. So it, it's uh, very, very now. Now as Archbishop, fewer, but earlier, uh, every day there would be every day there would be, uh, be priests ringing regularly for advice on this matter, this on canonical matters, and uh, we're very grateful. Uh, and I, I was happy. I think I, like a, I think every good lawyer, even a civil lawyer, should be able to help the people uh, to for their good. No, I, I find it a very pastoral. I have no doubt about that, and I've been telling the Holy Father that also. <laughs> yeah, coming coming to the Holy Father, since you mentioned about the Holy Father, uh, Your Eminence, uh, you are a close collaborator of of Pope Francis, uh, and uh, and you are in the in the council that advises him. But before we get into that, uh, Your Eminence, what what uh, what is Pope Francis like? You know, uh, you know. Uh, 
from away yeah. from that formal setting when you have a cup of coffee with him what is, what is he oh, like yeah. you don't know i must i must say that really uh, he's uh, i i didn't know him before he became the holy father of him i'm i don't even think i've met him because we were we were trying to check when i when he was there for synods i was not there when i was there he was not there uh, so i met him only at his uh, when he was elected holy father and then uh, for a couple of days after that uh, i stayed on in santa marta where he was staying i was staying there uh, for the conclave stayed on for a couple of days and so we got a chance we were breakfast lunch uh, dinner together and so we and now of course very often and uh, oh he's a very uh, warm person himself very warm person uh, very human he's got a he's got a humorous side he likes jokes and he uh, we when we're alone we joke and then sort of it's sort of it's really warm human understanding and kind very very uh, on the other side the, uh, he's very strong on uh, uh, compassion care for the poor uh, then uh, reaching to the peripheries this is a certain it's not just a, i've seen him uh, i remember i remember the incident once I, i we were having coffee just the two of us were there and uh, he just before our meeting i came early he is he's got the habit of always coming early for every meeting every meeting he's he's the first to be there that that's very unusual normally the the vvip comes last but he's there before he likes chat with so i was there and i i he was very angry and he told me he says this can't carry on can't carry on and i was wondering what is he talking about and then i said uh, holy father what what happened so haven't you seen tv and uh, i had not so So there was the these migrant workers who had migrant migrant refugees who were drowned in the boat Lampedusa that was the and then uh, he he was really visibly angry red and says how can this happen how can and then he told me what happened and then he said must to something and then that the next day he announced he's going there himself to I remember that incident very sort of uh, starkly my memory and so on the, on this is very passionate passionate and uh, that's the only time i saw him really angry. otherwise he's a very calm person uh, soft spoken etc that day that that afternoon when we were having coffee i saw really a, a different uh, pope francis Her, he was personally hurt he, you know, I, i noticed that so so it's very interesting and very very easy to work with very easy to work with he's i i would say he's open minded uh, he is more than once asked for clarification more than once Uh, met me in the corridor and said you said this now why did you say this and uh, uh, what did you mean what's the background and so so really it's it's sort of uh, a person who really wants advice listens is human and very spiritual i must especially mention that to you very spiritual evidence yeah. i mean you 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 said uh, i think kevin announced at the beginning uh, you were at the conclave uh, that uh, elected pope francis of course for a lot of us for our for our viewers this morning uh, you only get to kind of see what the media portrays from the outside and the only manifestation that, or the excitement is when the white smoke comes uh, and then there's the announcement we have a we have a new pope uh, i mean without you know breaking any code of 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 uh, secrecy or that you are bound to uh, what's it like going into a conclave uh, what was your experience uh, that you could share with with our viewers as well yes so sure sure you know no it's it's, it's uh, one of the things i want to say the end result it's it's very clear to me at the end uh, uh, by the clarence and kevin that uh, the holy spirit is guiding it sort of without without doubt uh, this was a short conclave we we this tremendous security you go over there and they uh, there's no television no newspapers no radio they ask you even to deposit your mobiles uh, and so you know i carried my told them i need it for the alarm etc so they said oh, okay i kept it but so so the, the idea is that you don't communicate uh, to the, the outside world at all and then uh, the the atmosphere is a uh, very prayerful sense that uh, first of all it's with like military precision they you get you get into a chapel where you pray where your name is marked out so in another chapel saint paul's chapel thing and then at a particular point of time they tell us to line up as they as we are our places are fixed in other chapel we line up and then we get into the sistine chapel and it's very uh, solemn 
because there's a, I think the children's choir, they sing many creators sung in the background, praying to the Holy Spirit. And so you enter the Sistine Chapel and then uh, you get in and file in, into your area. Your, and you go, you reach because you've lined up before, you exactly, uh, you, you're replaced, your name is there, there's a prayer book with your name. The list of candidates with your and your it's meant for you personalized, so it's so, so well organized. You, you they put you on by seniority, the senior most are uh, right in front, and uh, then there, there were two rows it's like uh, U shaped and the two rows. And I remember I was uh, uh, I was on the second row behind on the uh, right as you as you enter Stein Chapel and. Uh, Pope uh, Francis, Cardinal Bergoglio then was directly opposite me. I was the third or fourth last in this line. Uh, I think he was the second last. So we were exactly facing each other across in the uh, Sistine Chapel. So, and, so when you enter then it's very solemn. No one chats. Uh, we, uh, most of us, uh, I was reading the, the breviary, the prayers were there. Many, many were saying, most were saying the rosary, then the there was the prayer book was kept over there so you, you you were you could talk if you wanted to we would say how are you something read but even that was not there no no small chat at all all of us were conscious that we were doing a very sacred act and uh, one of the first to to, to make sure that there's uh, it's first of all uh, the place is completely sealed off so we don't even have mics because uh, so that no one could uh, hear outside or it could not be bugged electronically. Uh, the, and then for the sake of, uh, to count the votes, we elect three people. And then, so the three cardinals are elected by, by and then the three other cardinals are elected as supervisors who will supervise these three. So there are six people sitting. So you can imagine the amount of uh, tight uh, security, you want to say, uh, control checks and controls. So the first one, uh, uh, now when voting, uh, each one, uh, it's very solemn because you go, that's it, and you go to the, uh, with, there's a chalice kept on the altar over there, and each one of us uh, goes and personally takes an oath, I swear before God uh, and, and our Lord Jesus Christ who will judge me on the last day, that my vote is for the one I consider in conscience the best to leave the church. So that you, you say that publicly, uh, and so help me God, you on the Bible, and then you uh, put your vote uh, inside. This scene, as you see, is uh, as we are uh, entering, I would think this is as we are entering the uh, place. Uh, Cardinal Bergoglio was, uh, as you see on the left, but we can't see him now at the very extreme end. And uh, I was at the extreme end on the other side. So there, there are two rows, as you can see. And then uh, after that, uh, when they're counting, uh, uh, the first cardinal opens it and he announces it to his neighbor. The second one announces it loudly. And the third one then uh, writes it. And then it's sent, another three looked at the, the same person, the, the voters, and they look at the sheet. And uh, at the end of the whole uh, process of counting, at the end of each ballot, now we had to announce. So we chose a cardinal with a loud voice. So he would uh, announce it at one end and then, and then go to the other end and announce it. So, so that there was no, there were only news of a mic. But uh, spiritual atmosphere and uh, also the fact that we came to an agreement uh, so uh, uh, soon, it was for me. I remember I was coming in the lift afterwards and there were four or five cardinals after the election. And uh, uh, I remember I said, uh, this is surely the presence of the Holy Spirit. And the other cardinal said, yes, Eminence, uh, it could not have happened but for the Holy Spirit. Yeah, you felt that imperceptibly that this is, uh, uh, God was with us, God was with us, and he was the one God wanted, really. That's what we, well, it was, it was very uh, memorable. I mean, some uh, an experience of a lifetime, honestly. In terms wow. of in terms of choosing the person, I mean, you are over a hundred people probably there. Uh, the question is like, you know, uh, how would you know who, who who to nominate, or you know, uh, is there a, a list of people that you choose from? No, no. Or you know, they're, they're very inspired. 
they're very, very, uh, no, they're very uh, sort of uh, Pope uh, Frank, uh, Pope uh, Benedict uh, began a new system at the con we have congregations. We before we have entered the conclave, we are all we all meet at the uh, synod hall uh, every morning and after, sometimes it was also morning and afternoon. And uh, when the Holy Father is not, uh, there's no Holy Father, sede vacante, uh, the ones, the head of the church is the whole College of Cardinals. There's no, there's no vacuum, there's no college, but we are 115 of us. So there could be some very important decisions, financial, some such thing, which have got to be taken. Uh, the, the chair is the dean of the College of Cardinals. He chairs the session and then he puts, so, there are some business matters to be done, so that that we do uh, immediately. Uh, then, but then after, but what Pope Benedict introduced was every cardinal uh, speaks uh, seven minutes, eight minutes, I think maybe even uh, someone to speak ten minutes, and uh, they they were uh, told to speak what they want. Well, at the beginning, I think the first conclave was they spoke about uh, their own dioceses. Uh, this time, practically all of us uh, spoke of the pattern was set. We spoke about uh, what uh, we were a little shocked at the resignation of Pope Benedict. So all of us spoke about uh, uh, what what is wrong. Why, why did Pope Benedict resign? Or what should we have done? We as cardinals have done. What should the Church have done to help him to avoid uh, the situation where he had to resign? The second thing we said we were coming we were coming to uh, elect a pope. And therefore, we said we all of us said now. Therefore, the new pope should have these qualities, and that, that sort of each one of us put. And and the third point, which practically everybody spoke of, uh, the church should move in this direction. So these were the three really I, were pattern for practically all of us. And uh, I would think that uh, maybe five did not speak. All the rest of us, we were 115 electors. So at least 110. 108 might have spoken about seven, eight, maximum 10 did not speak, it didn't count. Now, uh, they gave us uh, at the end of the those four or five days, a text of what we had said, and they gave uh, the, the, of what all had said, and they gave a little bio data of uh, each uh, cardinal. So what, where he comes from, with his picture, what is his uh, appointments, and little comment that there's like what he has done from the media. So, the, so we, had a, we had a little book given to each one of us. So that was very, very useful. Uh, so the first, then we begin, the first ballot is really spread out. Because when we, are, we, we meet over coffee those days when we are talking about church, we come to know each other. It's a very good thing, exposure. Uh, we, we, we got to see what's the view of, uh, then, then we, there's a little chat among ourselves. Okay, this one is a good chat. That one is a good one. It's sort of a little uh, over coffee when we meet and say before the conclave those days. And then you, you, there are about 20 or so. And of course, the media, uh, the television is giving a whole uh, continuously every television station had its candidates, 10 candidates, 20 candidates who, uh, who they think will become. So then you begin watching also all that. And it does influence you before. And uh, when we get into the conclave, finally, uh, we've got about three or four names in mind. He's this person. You pray a lot and you pray. And uh, then, of course, the ballot and about 15 or 20 get votes. It's spread out like any election. And this, then afterwards, it narrows down to uh, three or four, then narrows down to two. So that, that, that's how uh, the and sort of towards the end, it was clear uh, there were two or three candidates, and one of them has got to be the others uh, drop out of the race, as it were. So, so it's sort of in that sense, uh, uh, there's a direction, there is a background preparation. The church has tried to see that we know uh, also uh, what to do. Yeah, that, that's more or less, but but exciting, exciting in the sense that the prayerful, exciting, and and the spirit is with us. I thought. Wow, thank you, Your Eminence. Uh, such privilege for us to listen in and to get an idea of what happens in the conclave during that time. Right, Father Clarence? I mean, we just get it from CNN or something and we the commentators are just giving us candidates of who might be uh, the next Pope. But I suppose, uh, Your Eminence, if I can ask, 
Was Pope Francis uh, surprised when he was uh, elected? Uh, you know, I, I mean, uh, I, he saw it was coming, I thought. The guy was saying I was directly opposite him. And uh, so I was uh, watching him and uh, he, he, the person had to get 77 ballots, 77 votes to be elected. I was saying, uh, then they, they announce, uh, each one of us has a sheet uh, on which you can mark and then you're supposed to give the sheet back afterwards. For that, we also count how many. So when he was uh, approaching the danger zone, it was very clear that he was with, that uh, you could see, I, I could make out that he uh, was getting a little pale and, uh, and uh, so he was conscious, everybody knew and the I, I, in a sense that I, I think it, he saw it coming. He saw it coming very clearly. And then at that particular point, uh, point Cardinal Humes, who was a good friend, was next to him. And I remember when he reached 77, I, I looked at him, and Cardinal Humes uh, embraced him at that moment. Uh, all of us clapped. And then, and, and then uh, he said after the Pope told us afterwards, but Cardinal Humes told him, uh, don't forget the poor. He says, that, he says, that really impressed me and that remained in my mind when Cardinal Mess embraced him. But uh, yeah, it, there was uh, not expectation. He was like, but he was, he was getting, you could make out that he was getting more and more. Uh, he wasn't himself. Uh, he, he, little apprehensive, frightened, might have been praying, but uh, it, was, it was coming. To us, it was clear it was coming in the previous two ballots. Uh, uh, Clarence, I can't hear you. Holy Father, no, we all read. The Holy Father has in mind, if I may use the word, reform of the church. Uh, and you have been very, very much uh, involved in this whole process of, of advising him, talking to him regularly. Um, just, just in a kind of a nutshell, you know, how do you see these reforms uh, moving the church uh, forward uh, in, in terms of in the era that we are in now? Of course, there's also a bit of resistance, but uh, it's been widely accepted, uh, not just in the Catholic circles, but even in the in, in, in internationally. Um, some of these reforms that, that he wants to bring about, how are we going to move forward as a church? Uh, you know, uh, he, uh, I, I mean, I, even I, I discussed this with him once about the speed. I was saying people get impatient. How long are we working on this reform and the document? But then uh, he responded immediately I mean, with a speech which he made to the at Christmas time to the cardinals. And he, he gave a whole list to them, to the courier of what had been had, had happened what we had done, what changes we had introduced. And now, uh, I, I hope that before the end, soon before the end of the year, we'll have the formal document which uh, the Holy Father might uh, will reform the Korea. But many changes have been made. The idea is to get an idea of, uh, to put the church on a line to think of her mission really first. It's not administration, but mission. Uh, then uh, again, uh, I think the he's, he's putting evangel therefore evangelization becomes like the the key point. Uh, the in a change of mentality that's another very important thing which he he's trying to bring in change of mentality in the members of the Korea that the church is for service. All of us, all administrators are for service, and the bishops are for service, and uh, not as uh, supervisors but people wanting to help. Uh, now. Uh, and the hope is that this will reach, have a ripple effect and affect the whole world. One of the things which he's been trying, he's been talking about is synodality, that all of us should work together. The bishops, religious, laity, priests, everybody should work together and, and listen to each other. It is, and uh, that's that's so the Holy Spirit is working. That, that's his vision of the church. And he's, he's uh, very keen that we introduce this in our dioceses, the whole church. He hopes that the whole church will be that way, open, understanding. Uh, he's also very keen on the uh, uh, question of uh, dialogue uh, with other religions, having collaborating with them. 
he's uh, not he's very much inclusive he doesn't want to exclude anybody uh, so that that's very uh, what he's working on a heart for everybody wants to carry the church along um your eminence i i want to ask about uh, how how frequent or, or what does the pope thinks about the churches in asia but before that maybe uh, you can tell us about your perspective uh, how is the the catholic church in asia uh, how is it can i say uh, moving along uh, maybe you can start off with uh, in your your country in india you know the church in asia uh, i feel the church, the church, future of the church is in asia that uh, and it's said to be africa asia the, it's it, the certainly the center of gravity is moving away from europe and the west to the east that's one thing because i think the asia has got much to offer the world and the church the world uh, you can see it's becoming powerful but uh, also the church theologically uh, pastoral practices and then uh, indications of collaboration with others collaboration among ourselves now in asia we are very small uh, in india we are 2% and that's about the percentage also all over asia except for the philippines and timor est we're all a, a minority uh, but uh, a powerful minority and, and a respected minority people listen to what the church says governments listen to what the church says and uh, it's like it's sort of a moral voice uh, you know there are ups and downs in the given in asia suddenly you get a government which is not very uh, enthusiastic about the church's role and then the church has got we've got to adjust to the new reality because we are not a political master so we've got to adjust to the new reality uh, keeping the mission in mind sometimes it's it's uh, open evangelization sometimes it's evangelization uh, indirect uh, through your own witness through your uh, implanting of gospel values so uh, i can see this uh, really um, Asia has got tremendous possibility. I, I think we've got very dedicated uh, priests, bishops, religious, and the, 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 there's, a, there's a certain spirituality in Asia which you see. Which uh, the, the, I, I unfortunately the West is losing. It's become very secularized. I don't see that very much in Asia still. I hope we don't get infected by that. There's still a sense of God, uh, otherworldliness, a sense of uh, not so much of materialism. everybody wants money but that, that's not the only priority you could see that so asia i think has got a lot to give and uh, i'm very hopeful of the church in asia and i think the, the fabc uh, could do a lot by bring us together collaborating uh, supporting each other so that's having solidarity uh, and i i think i think we've been able to get something of that uh, we, we 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 certainly uh, i i often ask at meetings in uh, Rome is Asia is too vast and varied. So yes, we are so we are completely different. But there is a certain Asianness. Uh, I I do feel I'm, I'm an Indian. I do feel that uh, with the Asians, I I mean maybe because of my FABC work and contacts, I do feel I'm an Asian. I can sense that I'm an Asian. I'm I'm more at home in Asia than I. Uh, I mean I I feel less an outsider anywhere else in Asia than I would feel in uh, the West. So yeah. So, so there's lots to be done, and, and I, uh, I, I think Asia has got a great future. And uh, Pope Francis' vision that the laity must come along, the youth is is very much for the youth getting coming along. So we hope that uh, all this Asia, I think, can give a lead in this in many things. Right, and of course our problems are different from the problems in the West. Uh, but for you, um, I, I don't want to assume that I know the culture in India. But there are very many different uh, religions and cultures apart from uh, the, the Catholic or Christian culture. How how do you uh, manage to handle those those issues? Yeah, you know the the relationship is good. And I was saying it as a youngster when I was a schoolboy. <clears throat> My close friends were some catholics some muslims some hindus so we were very and religion was never a dividing factor we knew that they were other religions we knew that they would not celebrate christmas was not their feast but they would wish us and we would wish them for their feast and 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 genuinely so there was no uh, 
this has been lost unfortunately and uh, and i i want to say that i think this because of politicians i have i've told the politicians in india these are that you've done a disservice uh, you won an election but you uh, long term you 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 damaged india and you 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 are uh, possibly uh, riding on a tiger who might uh, finally devour you i said it's not not a vice i i told this to politicians but uh, on the other hand uh, this is a reality if that's so there is a certain there isn't that complete harmony there was before and therefore the church could uh, work this is a new challenge for the church that uh, sometimes legislation is not very helpful and there is certain antipathy sometimes towards uh, priests in certain parts of the country now this is challenging uh, to keep the line of communication open uh, to genuinely uh, collaborate with the government which we really uh, have uh, we have done now in the pandemic the church uh, i wrote to the prime minister and uh, he responded immediately the next day uh, i said so we are on the church church is there for you to help you the next day he called he we contact my office and ask me and my representative to come for a meeting and then a few days later uh, i he they, his office met me so the, the church is involved in that sense seen yeah, and uh, respected and we collaborate but there are challenges it's not uh, hunky dory as they say not everything is smooth and uh, we've got to see different situations uh, and uh, and respond uh, responsibly and also uh, charitably but truthfully also okay i'm just wondering uh, if there are any questions that uh, we have for cardinal gracious we can uh, put them up for the clarence looks like uh, it's it's pretty much the same isn't it uh, there was a lot of harmony before but now due to uh, irresponsible uh, you know um, communication sometimes uh, we start to have divisions uh, not just in india but also in malaysia and everywhere else in asia as well india you that father no yeah okay uh, your eminence you, you rightly pointed out you know the challenges that we have in asia is, is also towards uh, peace harmony uh, reconciliation is also another area that we we kind of struggle with uh, in many countries that have been torn because of either war or internal you know strife um i just wanted to ask maybe you know one of the things we see in asia is also this migration the phenomenon of migration people moving um, what what kind of strikes me is you know in the past uh, we have always had missionaries from the west coming to to the east uh, to asia Uh, but now with migration uh, we see a lot of people from our own regions moving to the west uh, and keeping the churches alive and being the new missionaries uh, how do you see this phenomenon as you know how 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 can asians be have greater consciousness of this this mission that has been entrusted to us um, by 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 baptism um, like you said you wanted to be a missionary and you went somewhere but uh, innately all of us have got this mission wherever we are wherever we are being sent we are a missionary and we see this uh, how how do we encourage uh, our laity to have this sense of mission uh, in their faith and and not just kind of a laid back faith or you know uh, just sit back and, and and watch the world go by you know what uh, clarence uh, i i thank you for the question because that's very interesting i i think the youth have got lots to play I feel a big role to play in this. Uh, perhaps it's it's our fault. Um, we bishops and priests have not really uh, taken the youth so seriously, not given them responsibility, and so then okay, they said this is your business, and you carry on your business, we'll carry on ours. Uh, I was there for the synod on the youth again, and and I remember the youth like the the cry was from them: uh, listen to us, uh, trust us, uh, take us seriously. that and 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 accompany us they didn't want to so don't leave us alone we would like to be the youth that's what the i thought was the the key messages we got from the youth who were present over there and uh, i could see the holy father was listening friends for friends were listening very intently uh, now the i think that we don't really do that we don't really uh, take the youth, youth or even the laity but i think i think the youth's got potential because of their energy time 
generosity and uh, passion. They, if, now, if we take them seriously, they they would under, what is their role? Even in just in the parish, and in a, and in our, gradually how to implant the gospel in society in their own places, they could make a big difference. Now, I, I think that. Uh, uh, our own take, I would begin by saying we examine ourselves. What can we do to get them in? Uh, and I, I think we could do a lot. We could do a lot. We could change our mentality. This synodality, which Pope Francis has been speaking of, uh, is not too clear. The concept not too clear to me at the moment. Although he, although he has spoken, I've heard him speaking about it several times. But uh, I, I think uh, it's a question of listening, even to everybody, the youth, and giving them responsibility also. Now, once we do that, they would make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. And, and but you don't drop them because they make a mistake. And then or they make they, or they do something we think is a mistake, may not be a mistake. But we should uh, certainly uh, allow them to make mistakes, allow them to grow. And I, I think that's, and that, that's how we could get the whole church to be really uh, missionary, evangelizing, and fulfilling what the Lord wants of them. That's what I think. Although there's that, that's a great, great possibility, Clarence. Yeah, it's it's, it's good that you talk about the youth uh, and the future of the church. Uh, I, I just coming to a more relevant situation now uh, with the pandemic. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to sound fatalistic in in any way, but do you think this this pandemic now uh, calls the church to to relook at herself also in terms of her mission? Uh, maybe things that we may have taken for granted because all our lives have been disrupted, uh, whether, you know, whether church or not church, everyone has been. What do you think that that we could learn as we come out of this pandemic for church and what we should be doing uh, for the future of the church, uh, especially maybe, maybe in, the, in, in Asia? To... This is something we've got to uh, think of continuously. Uh, first of all, the solidarity. Um, I, I think we must accept, uh, all of us, myself included, we are hoping for a completely pre-pandemic area. Uh, I, I don't think it will ever be pre the, the same ever again. And therefore, we've got to prepare for a new reality. Uh, our pastoral work, our uh, planning, our uh, everything, seminary formation, uh, formation for the youth, uh, pastoral programs, and our uh, what, what? How do we do that? I, I've got to reflect: solidarity, faith, hope, uh, and then uh, people have got uh, the. There's a certain fear now. How do how does how does the church continue? In a way, uh, people have become gone back to depending on the church. In I notice in Mumbai uh, for everything now, uh, for health, for uh, finances, uh, they got a conflict with. So there was a time when they would go to specialists. Now, what? Maybe they're falling back. Sort of. Like, now, how do we react to this new reality? And how do you, how how do we give leadership? How do we give uh, hope? How do we give encouragement? How do we give solace? And how do we uh, organize them to work? I think, I think it's time for. Uh, I mean, we've got. That's why I, was, I hope the we bishops of Asia are able to uh, give direction. And, but but we need also guidance from our priests and our laity. Uh, this this tremendous scope, I think, tremendous scope. Much to be done. We are still at the initial stages, uh, and uh, we hope the Lord is with us. Your yeah, Eminence, I think just before uh, we kind of uh, end this conversation, uh, you know, with this pandemic, uh, you have embraced technology quite seamlessly. You know, you have this every week. You have a conversation uh, with, uh, with with the people in the archdiocese. You have a list of questions that are sent to you, and and you answer them. Uh, how has that been? How has your experience been? You know, uh, uh, you know, myself included. We have kind of like you know uh, moved from one platform to another platform. How has the experience been for you uh, going online uh, and having these conversations compared compared to a face to face conversations that we used to have before? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, uh, I, I began thinking it would last for a month or two months, and now it's gone for uh, 15 months or so nonstop. I, I remember my secretary telling me I began the masses first for my own parish uh, every day, and uh, they became into city, then they went up the country and went abroad. I remember my secretary telling me uh, that 
eminence. We have finished 200 days non-stop of mass. So I, I was, uh, it's now, it, 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 it's, it's a, it's a strain to really uh, prepare yourself continuously these preparation, uh, but, and, and you've got to keep the other things going on. But uh, you can see, uh, Terence, I mean, I, I did it, uh, just an idea and I began because I was able to, it, it's answered a felt need. I'm so happy I did it, grateful uh, for the inspiration or the desire to do it because it answered a felt need. People were connecting, people were feeling uh, rather like rudderless in the sea and not knowing. And then I thought that faith, many people told me they came back, they be, began attending uh, like mass or online. So the, and began really coming to pray, to read the scriptures. Uh, thank God for that. So it uh, was an inspiration, I think, Terence. I, I, I didn't know that it would have such an impact, but uh, I felt people needed it. And uh, I was doing it every day at the beginning. And then after then I switched to, uh, I, I would come twice a week, and now, now I come once a week. Do, do you do you have just very quickly? Do you have a fear that people after the pandemic will not come back to the church because they've gotten used to an online platform? Is that thought? I, I, I know that that's what uh, many have uh, are frightened of that, and they also the congregation from Rome, no, Cardinal Sarah, they we had a letter, but I, I I think we will seamlessly go back. Because people have been now, uh, as, as we Stephen went into that, we come back. Uh, it might not be the same numbers, but maybe in, in the meantime, we have purified ourselves, uh, been challenged to see what, what's to be dropped, what's non essential, uh, what past practices we can encourage. I, I think we'll come to a, uh, a good. I'm not too worried about it. I've, I've heard about it, but I'm not too worried. I think people will come back. People want. Uh, yeah, certainly hopeful. Uh, hopeful to get things uh, yes, yes. As, as close to normal as uh, before, not entirely. But uh, really, uh, thank you so much, uh, Cardinal, Your Eminence, for you know sharing your insights and your views on all this. But just thank one you, last, just yes, one yes. last que question, Your Eminence. I mean, um, if I can just bring it down to a more personal level. Uh, you know, a lot of people, as we know, during this time are facing uh, some struggles, uh, you know, whether it's a job or financial or marriage or anything. Uh, if I can just get some some words of encouragement from you to all those listening to our show right now, uh, something that can help uh, not just strengthen their faith, but also uh, help them to manage their emotions going through this pandemic uh, going forward. Can you just leave us with some words of encouragement, please? Yes. You know, uh, Kevin, I, I thought that, uh, first of all, uh, it's important for us to uh, understand that uh, God's in charge. I mean, I mean, I think that's come out very strongly in this pandemic that God's in charge. We're not, we're not uh, completely masters of everything. We don't know everything. God, science doesn't know everything. God's in charge. And uh, another thing is that uh, the the aspect of uh, we need one another. That's that's another very important thing. Uh, but also that uh, this is not the first pandemic. Not not and probably will not be the last. Bit. Hopefully, it'll come only after another hundred years, and uh, there's going to be an end and uh, of the pandemic. That's another thing which we certainly know. And uh, we, I, I think, in, in looking at it from the point of faith, these things also purify us. At the end of it all, we come back stronger. We uh, Pope Francis been saying, saying, "You can't back, can't, can't come back the same after a crisis." I think this is a crisis in the whole world, and we. I, all those who really hang on to God, cling to God, uh, try to uh, don't give up. When go to the scriptures, I think we will come out uh, reinforced in faith, personal uh, convictions, sense of direction, and probably the apostate will be even more effective. And even everything else is going to bounce back without doubt. Uh, the, the G7 has begun, and again, a lot of hope you can see for vaccination and. Uh, uh, sort of, uh, they're helping the poorer countries, the economy, climate change. Um, so I, I think that I think that is great. Uh, it's going to be over soon. We we need, uh, but we need to trust in God, and we need to make sure that we have our priorities right, our moorings right. All right. Thank you, Your Eminence. Uh, before we end the show, if I can uh, invite uh, Your Eminence to say a closing prayer for us. Thank you.
Heavenly Father, we thank you for having brought us here together. We thank you for all our, the organizers, Father Clarence, Father Kevin, Mark. We thank you for all those working in the behind the scenes, the technicians. But of all, we pray, we thank you for all the participants who have come together uh, to see what God wants, to see uh, what is the way ahead, to feel as one family. Let us experience the presence of Jesus in our lives, in our dioceses, in our parishes, and give us the vision to see what you want of us, what is the calling of each one of us. Bless in a particular way our youth. Give them generosity, strength, courage, hope. And may receiving these gifts give this courage and hope to others. Mary, our mother, today we honor you on the Feast of the Immaculate Heart. We pray that you intercede for us, the church in Asia, the world, that this pandemic might pass away and help us in Asia to fulfill the mission you've given us. Make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you, you so much. We are, we are truly, truly grateful for having, uh, for accepting to be with us here this morning. Thank you. Uh, uh, to sparing this time. A privilege. A privilege. Uh, and uh, the next time when you when you meet the Holy Father, uh, do tell him uh, the church in Malaysia sends greetings to him. When you have that cup of coffee, when you have that cup of coffee with him. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Certainly. I don't know when we'll go. I mean, he's been asking. We meet. We we began having Zoom meetings now, G seven. But uh, we have, we hope. I hope at the end. He. We thought we would go by June, but June. We already in June. Let's. I hope it is by Christmas. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank All right. You. Thank you. Certainly uh, wonderful to have um, His Eminence Oswald Cardinal Gracious on our show uh, today. All right, so that's our show. Uh, thank you for all of those uh, joining us and watching this live. Don't forget, you can also watch the replay, share the link and uh, to your family and friends uh, on this uh, wonderful episode that we've just had. Now, uh, one more thing just before we leave, um, Father Clarence, I uh, just wanted to remind our viewers that we heard the news of an extended lockdown yesterday, of course. And you know, just going through my Twitter feed, uh, at those businesses, those who have businesses, uh, they are really struggling, and you know, businesses are closing down, people are losing jobs. Just want to remind our viewers that we have a marketplace on Facebook. It's called Willing Heart. So if you have any business uh, that you think you need some promotion, just go to our Facebook marketplace uh, page. It's called Willing Hearts, and put in uh, what, what your service is, what your products is, and you know, you know we can get some support. And if you don't have any business or services for those watching, why don't you support these people that are putting their businesses here? You know, Father's Day is coming. Uh, I think that's just next week, right? So you know, why don't you go to our Facebook page, uh, Willing Hearts, and see what you can get uh, for your fathers or just for anybody. It doesn't have to be Father's Day. Just try to support these businesses that are struggling. And uh, hopefully when uh, the lockdown ends, uh, some business can go back to normal. Uh, people won't lose their jobs and, and all that. Uh, so just want to appeal to our viewers to check out our Facebook page, our Marketplace Willing Hearts. All right, Father Clarence, I think uh, that's the end of our show today. That's it, Kevin, uh, for this week. Uh, so if, as you said, we are in extended lockdown. So we hope that everybody will stay safe wherever they are. Uh, and, you know, as the Cardinal mentioned, let's be hopeful also. Uh, let's not lose hope uh, at this time. I know this lockdown has really brought down so many people. Uh, not just financially, uh, I think emotionally, uh, mentally also. Uh, let's hold on uh, to that, that eternal hope that we have, uh, and that is uh, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, so that's our show, and we'll see you next week for another live episode on Catholics at Home. From Father Clarence and Cardinal Gracious, we wish you a blessed weekend. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye-bye, Kevin. Bye. Thank you. See you, Clarence. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.